Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to Flex Cortex. I'm with Bryce and I'm Tanner. We're joined by Ian McKay. Hey, how are you doing, Ian? Hey guys, I'm doing super well. Super excited to be on here. Thanks for having me. Of course, we're really excited uh, to have you on. Yes, agreed. Uh, so, Ian, you uh, own a gym in uh, Ontario, if that's correct. Yeah, Fort Francis, Ontario. Which, don't look for it. You, you'll probably find it, but don't look for it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, and you're also an online coach and uh, nu- uh, not a nutritionist, but uh, you have your nutrition certification for meal plans, right? Yeah, like I, I have um, precision nutrition level one and level two, and then ISSA nutrition, and then just personal training. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ian and I met through Prescript, and mm-hmm. uh, we've we've chatted quite a few times, I guess, through so- social media. Yeah. That's the beautiful um, thing. But Absolutely, like was really excited to have him on. And yeah, sorry. No, nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been great for us to chat on social media and and just kind of shoot shoot the shit a little bit in a sense. But uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, uh, what got you into your BSc? You know what? It's uh, it's a super random story. It's like uh, as soon as someone was like, "Hey, you should tell me. You should come on a podcast, talk about it." I'm like, "Oh man, this is strange." Um, so I actually got really into exercise. My grandpa was a paraplegic. Um, he broke his back before I was ever born. So doing like exercises with a paralyzed grandfather was like, "Why am I you doing this with him?" Got me interested initially. Uh, grew up, was never really interested in school. Didn't have anything really going for me that way. Um, and I wasn't really a nerd that I am now, but I went, uh, and got in a car accident, rolled like a really, really fast car, uh, a lot. And then I dropped out of high school, moved to Manitoba. They need less credits and I had enough credits to graduate there. So they mailed me a diploma. And then I went to my BSc because I was like, I like to work out and I'm super interested in what the body can do when you're, you know, in a, in a physical or mental kind of mindset. When I was in that car accident, I actually had to kick out a trunk and get two people out of the car at the time, um, which I obviously fully regret. But at the same time, I was physically able to because I exercised. I had a completely deflated lung and I walked with one of them in my arms down a roadway until I got in the vehicle where that was the only time I actually came into a direct realization that my lung was collapsed. And then I passed out and woke up in Winnipeg. Wow. wow. <laughs> That is uh, quite the insane story. It is, but that's what inspired me to kind of be like, okay, what makes the human potential in in, in physicality and mentality combined and mixed and, and give you this just crazy ability? And and so far, I've not been disappointed exploring that, as I know both of you are as a as a nurse and as a as a personal trainer yourself. You understand and you see this human potential that we all have when we are forced and inspired to acquire it. Oh yeah, we we can do uh, some insane things when we have that uh, adrenaline pumping. Yeah. Like there's uh, stories about moms who like pick up cars and uh, stuff for their kids in those uh, really high adrenaline situations. So it's really cool. It's very cool. Yeah, so it's it... been uh, it's been great to see what the uh, body's capable of, right? And 
I'm learning new things every day, just like as uh, I'm sure Ian would agree to, just being part of Prescript and uh, making connections with a lot of different people. There's so much to learn, and it's been great to expand my um, knowledge and my horizon in that sense too. Yeah, it's really it's really infinite, and it's there's so many things that fall into circumstantial, and and you really until you're actually put into those circumstances, you get to witness it. It's uh, it's amazing, and and just coming in like you said, prescript like huge shout out. I don't know how many courses I've done. I don't know how many you know extra things I wanted to do to acquire education. This is the first time I feel like I've gained conceptual knowledge that is applicable, and uh, I I can see you doing the same thing, Bryce. So it's it's really cool. But that's the summary of not how I got the either. Yeah, no, no, no one's getting <laughs> no one's getting royalties. <laughs> but no, yeah, so, it's, uh, it's been good. With your uh, experience kind of with your uh, grandpa be, uh, being a paraplegic and uh, the unique and very specialized exercise programs you're probably doing, have you had any extra experience with clients who uh, needed kind of a modified programming? You know what? Like, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really interesting, well, I guess career, um, just meeting people. And I'm pretty intimate, dude. Like, I just kind of want to talk, just shoot the shit with people and be like, yeah, this is the human experience. What's yours like? Um, so I get to open that up and then living in a small community, I'm, I'm really close with like one of my best friends is a chiropractor here and he owns his own clinic and then like as a partner in a clinic, um, I'm friends and, and pretty close with the physiotherapist here. So we have a lot of referrals. Um, and then being a small town, again, people just kind of know me for what and how I do it. So there's been a lot of experiences that have helped me grow. They've challenged me. I've had to reach out and ask for advice and, you know, even like the prescript labs and different things like that, you have those opportunities and, and talking to people like Bryce that's it's, it's been momentous to be able to get an opportunity to work with people in challenging ways on a non-clinical sense which is the thing is important because a lot of people are going somewhere and they're like oh yeah you're broken where people come in here i'm just like yeah no that sounds like you have a little bit of weakness and you want to grow stronger like mentally and physically and and that's so amazing yeah i i always yeah. i always have the approach to the clients that you're looking for areas of opportunity and not areas of weakness like i always tell them that this is an area that we can improve on because if you tell them that this is an area of like failure in a sense, it's going to make them feel like shit. Like they're not, they're not going to feel good thinking that they're coming to you and that they're broken. Absolutely. And like, that's, I really, I truly believe that. And I'm huge into, you know, that physical model, just understanding that our mental state is, you know, a, a major contributor to our, well, one, a belief system. If you believe it, it's inherently true. So even if you believe you're broken and nothing's wrong, well, you're pretty much fucked from there. And then like, we really just need to not treat people as puzzles. We need to treat them as people and let them solve their problems by witnessing their strength. And it's, it's, it's worked leaps and bounds for people and myself included. Well, one thing I've, I've learned is that uh, it's never black or white, right? It's always gray. Mm -hmm. So you're always trying to find, find what that is specifically, right? Instead of just trying to think that it's like a tangible black or white answer mm -hmm. or solution. Yeah, there's there's too many variables. But, so that's that's exactly true. Yeah, but exactly. I find uh, with uh, clients too, like like you were saying about the uh, people coming in, like not focusing on that failure because, like, here's the thing: a lot of people coming in will have that self fulfilling prophecy in their beliefs already, saying like, "Oh, I'm too uh, fat to do this," or like, "I have this uh, certain impairment where I can't." Uh, use my one arm very well because I have a imbalance. Uh, 
And if you as a trainer or a healthcare professional, especially are reaffirming that belief, then it's just that negative spiral and they're never going to get better with uh, you training them. So I really, I'm glad that you guys are taking that approach to training. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's good to see in the healthcare model too, because I think that, and, and I think me and Bryce have talked about this before. Sometimes when you go to, you know, a post-secondary education and things like that, you're, you're trying to leave with an identity and that identity is meant to be part of your ego and, and it's important. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with post-secondary education, but you're not supposed to educate the humanity of experience out of yourself. And, and that's really what you have to like connect with people on and, and be like, I give you, you know, there's validity in, in what you're struggling with, but you don't find strength and pity. Um, and, and I mean that in the most utmost you know, respect. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. And I think that's what was uh, what I really loved about my education in nursing is uh, it's really cheesy and corny, but they always call it like uh, an art mixed with the science. And it really takes all the scientific medical knowledge, but also incorporates it with the art of dealing with humans, basically, because uh, it's like there you can try and boil it down to psychology. But at the end of the day, it's just such a complex, multifactorial thing that it really is an art. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and at the end of the day, you have to be able to, like, like Ian said, we talked about this, I believe it was our first conversation we actually had on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we, we talked about how they can give you all the skills, but if you can't communicate with people and actually deliver that information to them, then you're kind of useless. I, that's actually, and like one of the best, you know, like a uh, shout out, like Killian Hamilton is like my mentor right now. And I signed up for his mentorship um, and I just try to like reach out to those people and, and communication is, is so complex, right? Like, and I'm thinking like right now, like even trying to work with my clients online through Zoom that I've worked with in person and the nuances of human, um, like, like the way that we portray ourselves with our body language and all those things are, are very missed now in COVID. Um, and it definitely plays a very distinct role in, in how we connect with one another. And, uh, and you kind of have to be able to work that way around just by how you communicate, how you actually portray your information in a way that is easily digestible, but also comforting and assuring and, and supportive. Yeah, if, if anything, uh, COVID has forced us to be able to work around those things and they've kind of forced us to evolve over time, right? You have to be able and be willing to actually change and adapt to the situation because if we were so set in just in, in person you wouldn't be able to have these clients online and you wouldn't be able to kind of keep your business going right because lots of people still aren't really comfortable with the idea of coming back into the gym anyways right now yeah yeah that's for sure i am really interested in uh actually for what you're doing uh, with your online coaching for both of you really is that motivation for people because I think that's one of the biggest challenges for people when they're not having that set in-person meeting uh, going three times a week or two times a week whatever their training program was and actually being in that gym atmosphere so how are you guys uh, dealing with the challenges of motivating clients you know um, you go ahead Rips. yeah yeah, I, yeah okay um, with me specifically I mean I make my intentions very clear with my initial consult with clients. So um, I usually try to do it over Zoom. So that way it creates more rapport and that way we're able to develop those, um, that connection firsthand. But I always tell them about different variable, um, progressive, uh, 
in, in a sense, like things you can track, right? So instead of being so fixated on like, let's say the scale, you have to be able to realize that progress is different. Like it can be in many different variables and senses. Like I encourage lots of my clients to uh, take pictures. I encourage lots of them to um, right now, I mean, like if you can't do measurements online, but if they can have somebody do measurements for them, then that's awesome too. But they have to remember that if they just look at the scale, this scale might not be changing. And if it isn't changing, then they, they can't feel bad, right? Because that's not, that's not really a great thing to go off of in a sense, because if you're still regularly exercising, you need to be able to realize that you're going to be putting on muscle, obviously. And I think it's unrealistic to just be seeing the scale go down, but that can be a discouraging thing for lots of new people, especially if they don't know that right off the bat. Absolutely. Like it is really probably the hardest part of it is getting people into that mindset of like, what is, what is sustainable process and like, what is sustainable progress? And like that process that we're involved in is our outcome. And, and normally like I'm telling people like, I need to see you get stronger. Um, and I need you to just feel comfortable one communicating with me when you're having those days that like that scale is not changing, even though that's just the gravitational output on the earth. It doesn't tell me anything about your compensation, uh, composition. <laughs> it doesn't tell me anything about, you know, very much. It's a good data point. And like, I think that dispelling that, like you've said, Bryce, like just being able to dispel this, you know, narrative that the scale is the be all end all. Um, I, I've had so many people come back after and they're like, I'm so freed from not focusing on the scale, but I feel good. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not my mindset, right? Like when people have that mindset, when the scale doesn't change, they might see a difference in their body. They might see a difference in their performance. But that's all out the window now, right? They just threw it away because of an arbitrary number that society and Jillian Michaels has tossed on them. It's, it, it's no longer, <laughs> it's, it's no longer, it's no longer beneficial yeah. and it, it, it loses that. And, and even like body fat percentage, like that, that's a thing that's challenging for me because it's so easily variable and obscure like in in the way of like i think about women uh going through or nearing their menstrual cycle and things like there's so many variables especially for females that are going to really delay and 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 portray something very drastically different than the reality of their body's current state yeah I think, oh yeah 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 there's a, a massive because um, one of my uh areas of passion is actually women's health and um with that, as you guys know, too, with the body fat composition, women are naturally uh, going to have a higher body fat percentage uh, when they're healthy. Mm -hmm. So um, getting that six pack of abs, definitely possible for a lot of uh, clients, but it might not be the naturally best state for them. And I think that can be uh, discouraging to certain clients if that's their mentality mm -hmm. and their focus, kind of like with the arbitrary numbers. Uh, so I definitely think it's great that you guys try and focus more on the performance and how do you feel and uh, do you like what you see when you look in the mirror, basically. Yeah. And like I always I, I'm a huge fan of just like habit tracking and things like that. And I think that's how I get people motivated is giving them the ability to look at their consistency through many lens. Um, and, and, and just in that they maintain a motivation because if they can maintain a percentile of, of consistency, that's like, okay, I'm giving this at least 70%. And, and if you can, you know, create a numerical value where they can assess, like, I'm kind of slipping here. Um, it's an awareness cue, right? It, it really brings them back to like, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And then they have the capacity to reach out because part of motivating people in my, in, in the way that I do is how do I develop 
their autonomy without me. If I, if I can die or move or the gym closes, is this person going to have the quality that they've earned alongside me because they have the education, because they have the know-how and because they have the mental capacity to persevere past arbitrary numbers, right? Like that's, that, 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 that's just the biggest thing I've seen benefit. And I didn't do that for the longest time. Like I wish I could have been the trainer that I am, you know, now. And I'll say that again in 10 years, like we're always growing, we're always learning. Um, but that's been a huge thing for sure is just giving people all of the, all of the information they need up front and then the support and the support to be aware that they are in control of their lives. Yeah. I think when, I mean, when everybody just first finishes school, you're just wanting to make a, make a paycheck. And, um, I think over time, my mentality and my mindset has changed a lot. My much like yours, Ian. And, mm -hmm. uh, I definitely agree that you have to like, they're trusting you, right? They're putting a lot of their trust and faith in you and they obviously believe in you, right? So you have to be able to give them the tools that they need to succeed because I mean, the end goal should be for all of your clients to be able to train on their own. If they could do like a six month or year with you and they don't know anything, then like what like what have you done to disservice them in that sense because like you said what if something is to happen to you or to i and like what were they what are they going to do after that if they can't even go into a gym or if they can't follow any of these habits like you have to readdress what you're doing and like take a look at it from a larger standpoint and uh, like adjust from, from there is what i think for sure. That's really all it is. I had a client actually, when I left Winnipeg that I saw, ran into like years later, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? And he had lost like, I don't know, 280 pounds. Like it was a big dramatic, it was one of my like huge transformations. That was very few, wow. right? Like that, that was a crazy thing for me. And it was back. And, and he said like life got hard and there's a few other things and there was medical conditions involved. Like it's complex sometimes. And it's never like, Oh, you regain the weight, like shame on you. Not at all. In fact, it made me reassess, like, what did I do there? What could I have done differently? It's, it, it's not my fault either, but it is a point of, you know, at that time, did we develop or did I just get him to sweat? Right? Like, yeah. you, you have to have something of substance. And, and that brings it back to the communication. And, you know, like, uh, at that time, I was just flexing knowledge, right? I'm like, did you know that your body, like, does this? And, like, that's not, he doesn't care, right? Like, he doesn't need to be an encyclopedia yeah. when, he do, when he's done. He needs to be fucking healthy. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a, a big thing for client empowerment. Mm -hmm. uh, just, like, being able to motivate them and not develop that kind of codependency mm -hmm. on your trainer or your healthcare system. Cause like when I see you in hospital, my goodbye to you is saying, I don't want to ever see you again. It was nice having you all like we did, but please don't come back. Cause we don't want you to be in hospital. We don't want you to be sick uh, or develop that mentality. And it's the same thing with training where really you're just trying to get them to develop the healthy habits so that they can do the activities and feel good and get all the health benefits from, uh, that exercise routine Absolutely right? perfectly said yeah yeah but no like like you were saying you, you definitely don't need to be telling clients like <laughs> you don't need you don't need to be telling them all this stuff about how muscles work or the action of a muscle or the insertion to the origin i mean <laughs> end of the day they they don't really care right no. <laughs> and uh, i think that's a a very common issue for a lot of really new PTs. And like, I found myself in that category too, is like when you're brand new, you're trying to, in a sense, like you said, flex, and you're just trying to say, show how smart you are by telling them a bunch of useless information that they really don't care about. As long as your programming 
has structure and as long as they're seeing tangible results that's all they really care about yeah yeah for sure so so would you say that you would be flexing your cortex on them I would say I'm flexing my cortex. <laughs> Shameless plug. That, that was the uh, pun of the episode. That was the awesome. dad joke of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, Ian, uh, have you, uh, like, do you play any sports or uh, were there any other sports that kind of inspired you on this path that you played growing up? Anything like that? Uh, you know what? I was, I, yeah, you're talking to kind of a strange guy. Um, I was, I had like the worst anxiety growing up. Like all my friends played hockey and then that's like two people cause I had such bad anxiety when I was growing up. So I didn't really like go to school consistently until like grade three. That's how like it was weird. Um, so I missed like an opportunity to like make friends in sports. When I got into high school, I like dabbled in football, but that was mainly small town, go get drunk on the bus on <laughs> the way home after losing a game. <laughs> it's not, it's not a good thing. Yeah. It's the people we are when we're young. Um, and then when I, uh, I did a little bit of, you know, rugby and things like that, but I'm actually not that much of a, uh, in the dirt athlete. Like I'm, I'm more of the, you know, physicality. There's a part of exercise to me that was always kind of meditation, uh, the inherent focus and things like that. So unfortunately I didn't have a ton of athleticism. Um, I've developed it now in the sense that, you know, if someone's like, you want to play a pickup game? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Um, but back in the day, no, not at all. Yes, you did it for more the the benefit of access of, or the benefit purpose of um, medicine and just being able to improve your mental health and whatnot. Yeah, like it it was weird. I also had a very negative relationship with it where I was using it to prop my mental health up in kind of a masochistic kind of way. And I think that that's also a thing you will find in this industry a lot, um, whether that's people that are coming to see you or the trainers themselves. Um, there's a, there's a point of addiction that when it falls into the category, and I don't mean addiction in the sense of addiction, but a point in the category where it's, uh, it, it becomes so much of their identity that it's a detriment, but society sees it as a benefit. So we get away with it. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, that's one of the points where honestly, there are, there are people who will become addicted to exercise and become singularly focused mm-hmm. on it and not be well-developed outside mm-hmm. of it. And I think that's uh, something that anyone who gets uh, really into fitness at any point has to kind of contend with uh, because that addiction and that drive is what gets a lot of results, especially when you're first starting out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But being able to take a step back and say, hey, it's kind of important to have a wider outlook and see different things in life. Man, newbie gains can can crush people for sure. And it's... uh... It's, it's, it's really quite challenging to, to see that. I've had a lot of people I've worked with like professionally that, yeah, struggle in that way. And, it, and again, it's just important to note that, you know, there's, there's a difference between being fit and then there's a difference between being like healthy and not using exercise as like a cathartic method to not deal with your problems. It's like, oh, I worked out, I got a high, I have my endorphins, I got some, you know, dopamine and serotonin driving through my veins, but I still have all the bullshit problems I never dealt with. I just got fucking thick. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but i think yeah and like you're saying and people need to realize that they still have to work through their own problems like they can't just be using exercise as a as a crutch or as an escape because they still have to work through it and end of the day you need to be more balanced and well-rounded like tanner was saying because um, i can't remember when it was it was like a little while ago when uh someone asked me Oh, like, what do you do besides, uh, like working out and besides working and stuff? 
and I, I had to think, right? I was like, oh man, like I don't, uh, I don't do much. I was like, I was thinking like, well, you know, I, I lift on this day and I lift on this day, but then I realized that that's, that's all the same thing. So uh, it came to my attention that I have to myself become a little bit more well-rounded as an individual and um, find other things to do too, right? And uh, in a sense, be working on my working on myself and, and self-development is a crucial aspect in everybody's life. Absolutely. And the stages of it, right? Like it's, I don't think, like if I could talk to my 20-year-old self and I'm almost turning 30, like we have drastically different, you know, realizations and, and, and different things like that. Like growth is a non-linear, just in every way, non-linear outcome. And it's, uh, it's important that you do have diversity. Like I know I, I really don't, I really am bought into this, uh, like heavy, but I also fucking love it. And I, I have balance in the sense I like to go outside. I like to camp. I like to do other things. Um, but it's, uh, it's kind of my MO for sure. And I think it's, you know, people can have their one thing as long as that one thing, if they don't do it, they feel destroyed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not a bad thing to have a passion. No. Uh, and like you said, it's it's more when you start using it as that crutch mm-hmm. to, you know, not deal with your relationship, your finance problems, etc. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the, the biggest thing for people was when COVID has had like kind of initially hit and there was the first lockdown. I think that was like the eye opening thing for most people. Like if you were relying on the gym at that point in time, like what were you to do after that? Oh man, that is such a good point. And it, and it blew my mind. And like, I'm the asshole with a gym, you know what I mean? I just had a super expensive gym membership for how long now. Um, but outside of that, it's like, even me posting exercise videos, I felt like, oh man, people fucking hate me right now. And it's because that we took away their, their mental health. And, And there's a part of that where I'm like, okay, but we also, as a society, obviously didn't build up enough mental health, you know, awareness and fortitude. If people need an outlet in that catharsis kind of way, um, it, I don't, I don't blame anyone, but I think it's an important point moving forward as a society to say like, one, we have to make sure that people have access to these types of things, no if, ands, or but, but two, it, it, that people understand that there's, you know, there's a lot there's a lot that has to be fixed. I know numerous people that just don't like the environment they reside in, but they never had to reside in it, right? For long term. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. I think people people could have people could have chosen to do one of two things, right? They could have chosen to uh, do nothing in mm-hmm. a sense, um, or they could have chosen to be productive and try to find something else to do. Um, I mean, I know it's a lot easier said than done in lots of senses, but you do have to still try to make the best of what you're dealt with, right? So. I mean, whether that's if it depends on like what you're able to have, of course. I mean, if you aren't able to have a lot of money, if you don't, if you don't have a lot of disposable income, then there's a lot of cheap alternatives for training. Like, I think people need to realize that you don't you don't need to have like five grand to buy some stuff at home. I've, so I think I've, I've built I, like I think this made people realize that probably 50. I think now I've finished like 52 home gyms for people because I order stuff and build it and things like that. And, it, and it's strange because like I know, you know, body weight, you're right. Body weight works like where there's a lot of things you can do uh, with accommodating resistance and different things. But again, that's that's because we know this. And then there's also just yeah. the point of socioeconomic status and, and what people can, you know, like uh, I, I know people that really when I was working at a snap fitness, that's that's what they could spend money on. There wasn't more. That was even a challenge in itself, and I, and I, you know, really, really admire people for that. 
Um, like even for me, I, I lent most of my stuff out. I didn't like rent it. I didn't do that kind of stuff. I was just like, here, you need stuff. Take some kettlebells home. Do what you can with it. I think it's awesome that you did that. It's but you know what? Yeah, there's very cool. It's just a you know, and it's small community too, right? Like these aren't these aren't clients. These are people that I will see shopping at Safeway. You know what I mean? Like these are these are who I am with, and these are people that support me in in the good times and the bad times. And I think it's just important that we give that back, right? Yeah, that sense of community and it not just being, you know, uh, you know, what are the profit numbers? You're actually living with these people and dealing with them day to day, like the sense of community. And I think that's something um, a lot of people in bigger cities might not actually relate to because they've never had that uh, kind of small town uh, feel. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually incredible. And it's uh, it's something that, yeah, like living in Winnipeg, I had a good group of friends and, you know, that's a you know, fairly large city and whatever. But like living in a small community and coming from here, you do see this people support like that, that idea of support, the idea of community like there's you can't do something on your own. Like I, your, people are most lonely when they're alone, right? Like they're most in pain when they just only have their pain. And, and it's important right now, and I think going forward, that we recognize that community is, is not like who you see and shake hands with and who you go for drinks with. It, it, it's the people that you just like reach out and connect to. I have a hard time. I was having a hard time because, yeah, I can't make money. I opened a week before the pandemic opened. And you kind of pull away from society because you're just so lost in your own shit. But here, like for me, complete people that I, I didn't know would want to reach out, reached out and were amazing, right? Like they're, they're amazing. And I hope that everyone can, you know, find that in their own way. You don't have to be from a small town. You just have to curate it. That's the whole idea of me opening this place, Reflection Studio, is I want people to reflect on what they have in their life, what, what they want to grow and really take a deep and hard look at, you know, what they do to be part of a community. Cause I know I was someone who withdrew from it, but I know that people can also reach out and, and create one. And I think you guys are doing this. A podcast is that. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I think one of the things for us to recognize is that, um, you, you can be self-made in certain aspects. Like you can go from one place where, you know, you didn't grow up with much and, uh, turn it into a billion dollars with the self-made billionaires but really there isn't such thing as being self-made mm. you always need other people and that community mm. and uh other outside resources basically to actually build up and do anything that you know is worth marveling at even the people doing those primitive technology videos on uh youtube mm -hmm. like they might have built all that stuff themselves but they're uh inheriting and using the knowledge of uh you know uh different generations a lot of first nations and indigenous cultures mm. So, so well said that's a, that's yeah. that's exactly it like we there's there's very few people are self-made like if people's like i'm self-made like i'm definitely not uh the same grandparents that you know i got to learn all this from also supported me and opened this place you know what i mean like that's there i ask people more about tell me about your opportunities than how you're self-made because opportunities are the connection you had with other people to give you the means to grow exactly and success is just that meeting of opportunity that those connections and your experience and your uh sometimes education gives you combined with the luck of you know being in the right place at the right time and, and taking a risk taking a shot at it trying you know have you have you tried yes, trying exactly yeah yeah because you you'll never you know not to be the canadian who always quotes wayne gretzky <laughs> but missing 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah no that's perfect Per, per, Canadian perfect quote yeah. for the day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we're just going to jump into some other uh, 
things here, but what are some tips that you give for your clients, Ian, that want to eat on a budget? That's a super good question. Um, and I think that this really comes down to like the like organic markets and the different social systems and, and tiers we've created by kind of marketing these things as good or bad. Like I, I, um, I work with a lot of people that are, you know, but I do like group coaching and things like that. And it's really important that you understand that people don't have the means um, to, to achieve, you know, buying organic and that kind of stuff. And is it even relevant for the most part? Um, so I normally I just tell people, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cheaper options like oatmeal is not expensive. Uh, potatoes, how you use them. If you're looking for protein sources, yeah, getting the supplement um, is going to be a, a cost ratio that is going to be at a higher point. Um, and meal prepping, right? Like that's really, I always think that when I'm thinking of cost ratios, I'm actually going to have to talk about skill, act, like acquiring different skills to utilize, you know, the funds in the most uh, uh, appropriate manner. Um, so I'm really, I give a lot of people like cooking videos <laughs> and like, you know, looking at, looking at, you know, oatmeal and, uh, and, and potatoes and all those things and the ways we can use them diversely. But you also then have to fight the narrative of like, oh, gluten is going to kill you and, and potatoes are bad carbohydrates. So like society has done a disservice by listening to all these like fucking crazy people that are just like looking to make a buck out of food fear. Um, that it, it, that's probably the hardest thing for me to do is get rid of people's sensations of fear towards food. Um, but yeah, that's basically it is I just give people advice on like food lists, like go, this is a shopping list of like, uh, like reasonably priced, uh, carbs, fats, and proteins. These are some meals you can put them in. Um, and, and can you then structure, you know, a two week meal plan and then send that to me, like put them in the hot seat and being like, what are you going to eat? Don't eat what I tell you. What are you going to eat? And then let's talk about how you actually fit that into a proper, like, macro meal plan that still satisfies your, your mental and physical needs. Yeah. Like, like Tanner and I have discussed on previous episodes about you have to be able to make it sustainable for people. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's like one of the biggest things is sustainability, but also you have to make it aware to them that eating out like is, is not healthy. Right. Like even the places that you think are healthy, are not that healthy. So I think people need to realize that the money that you're going to be also saving from cooking your own mm -hmm. meals, from deciding to, you know, prep food and bring it to work versus eating out, you can put that towards other stuff. So if they're a little bit tight for money, like I know most people are right now, mm -hmm. like you have to try to find ways to use your money the best. And like you were saying before, like with uh, acquiring those skills, right? Like, I mean, you want to have, health in every sense of your life so i think financial health is a definitely a topic that you need to address and talk about especially for the stress right like financial stress is so hard like i have a like i said super expensive gym membership no one's been in my gym for months it, it it's so important that you put your pennies where it matters but also understand that people don't even have some of those pennies right so it's you kind of have to open yourself up to the opportunity to look at you know food as one a, a relationship that you want to grow, right? Like the fact we say cheating on a diet and you know, just different things like that, that that's hard for people to, to really recognize that what they're putting their cost into uh, is gonna resonate throughout their whole life. And like YouTube is free. Like you have to watch a fucking commercial, but YouTube is free and there's lots of really good cooks that are 
you know, that, that are not Gordon Ramsay, right? They're just someone being like, hey, this is my fucking kitchen and this is how you cut an onion. Like that's, that's a really, that's, it's as simple as that. Like we live in a time of Google, um, but it's about developing that growth mindset of being like, listen, this isn't gonna be the best meal. I'm probably not gonna wanna feed it to the love of my life, but I'm gonna learn from it, right? It's that failing forward mentality of being like, Ugh, here we are. And you kind of have to start small. I, I know many times I gave people elaborate plans for like meals because I was like, no, you can still make flavor, but they didn't have the money to waste on fucking that meal up that it, it almost ended up in a, in a negative consequence with food. Totally. And I think giving clients, um, you know, instead of giving an entire elaborate meal plan right off the bat, like a lot of these um, cookie cutter programs from online will do uh, that cost like a thousand dollars for one week of food because they're like, yeah, you have to get like the uh, eggs from a shark, a Greenland shark, uh, but they have to be like imported from Russia. So make sure that you're doing that. And it's like, no, let's just chill it for a second. Let's just plan like, let's get you to do like two or three meals that week. You can eat what you normally do, but cook three of your own meals. And, you know, it can be anything from just like, uh, instead of going out and buying French fries, hey, maybe you just have a, a baked potato, an oven roast baked potato. Like, man, like kind I, of balancing I, it out with. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's it. Like, fucking put it in the microwave for two minutes. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like that's good enough. Yeah, exactly. Just get it done. And you know what? It's If it means that you're going to be saving the $10 on, you know, not going to McDonald's that day, and then you're going to be. Also having like, not that, you know, a baked potato is the healthiest thing in the world you can do. It's a lot better. Like it's, it's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think people, I think people need to realize that you can make food taste good. That's it, man. <laughs> like you, you nailed can, it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you can make it taste good. Like you can cook it, you can cook it a way that you enjoy. That's still relatively healthy, right? Like it's not going to kill you if you have some seasoning or if you have some salt or like you can even get an air fryer or like whatever and you can air fry your potatoes like that's a whole lot healthier than going to mcdonald's and buying a large thing of fries i know yeah i'm gonna get in trouble for saying it as a healthcare professional but you know salt and pepper like they go such a long way if your food doesn't taste well just try adding some salt add a little pepper you're gonna be blown away and this is like, that's the hard part about like most of the, the research models and these things is it's like, okay, yeah, if you do look at people who smoke, don't exercise and eat poor diets and then ask them how much salt they use, well, that's going to fuck up a lot of statistical anomalies. You know what I mean? Like we really have to look at it from like, it's not going to kill you. You just have to understand how much to use. I tell people use salt and pepper, understand that cheese is not a spice, but everything else goes right. Like be pretty liberal with your spices because that's, it's not going to add a lot other than your enjoyment. Oh, man. oh yeah the... like spices can transform meals yeah. uh i had like this uh uh chicken breast that i had and i added just the right mixture of spices and it was the best chicken i've ever had so good you gotta share that man you gotta write that down you gotta post it all over you gotta just have a podcast all about it <laughs> I, know, I know just for that recipe I, yeah. I'll, I'll have to figure out what the recipe was because i totally forgot i just kind of won it one night and didn't write it down like a dummy Let's do a cooking with Tanner season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on season? Now. Is that a pun as well? Like cooking with Tanner's season? Like, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't think about that till now. <laughs> Not intended, but yes, that was uh, the second dad joke of the mm-hmm. uh, episode. There's probably Man. other ones too. 
Holy, holy, holy. <laughs> but uh, no. we'll, we'll end off with uh, a question here. If you could give somebody advice, somebody that's brand new, that's pretty green, and just wanting to get into the fitness industry, what would you tell them? That's a super good question. And I, I'm just going to think about like what, what I probably should have heard and like relay it back to like early on in the podcast that we we're kind of talking about. I think the most important thing is, is to really ask yourself, what is your current relationship with fitness, food and helping people? Like, that's really it is like, you really need to know what you're about. What is your value system? What are you, what is the, what are you kind of creating your foundation on? Cause if you're going to start spouting things off to other people and trying to help them, you kind of have to have your own identity set in place enough that you feel healthy in your own terms. And, and I think that that's really it is inspire yourself to grow. Um, ask yourself the hard questions in the sense of like, why am I doing this? Like, do I want people to see me as this ultra fit guy? Or do I actually want to help people, you know, develop themselves in a way that they have a sense of longevity, self-respect, um, onus, and, and, and all of the things that come along with feeling like a more powerful individual by taking ownership of their own life um, with, without guilt, without, without shame, without any of the other, you know, negative correlations to why we might try to get jacked. Just, just think of it as not getting jacked. Not everyone's going to want to get jacked, right? So I remember when I was getting into the fitness it was more about like, hey, I'm in shape. People might want to be like me. And, and that's not what mentorship is or that's not, that's not what, you know, giving people an opportunity to grow into themselves has fucking nothing to do with you. You are just there to offer them support, advice, and be a person to communicate the right set of values to them. But you then have to understand your own values. Well, very well said. I think it can also play back to one thing that we talked about in like one of our first episodes, I think, is is talking to cl the clients about their why, but also like realizing what your why is simply mm -hmm. put, like, why do you want to be a PT? Like, are you, are you in it for money? Cause you're probably not going to be making a killing. No. <laughs> um, but like, like, are you, or are you in it because you genuinely want to help people? So I think that's one thing you got to think about when getting into this industry is simply put like your why. And I mean, that's a question that, seems so simple but has so much context behind it oh absolutely like tanner like what you got into nursing and like things like that like where where was that do you mind me asking i know we're kind of going over here but yeah uh with that it was kind of a i wanted to be a medical doctor mm -hmm. uh for a very long time and i was thinking about going in the uh health sciences route where you're just getting like a degree in anatomy uh, a science with a major in anatomy or something like that health life life sciences uh, or kinesiology and then i realized i'm like well i could do that but will i end up with a career that i actually like um if i don't end up getting to med school i didn't want to be that biology grad who couldn't find a job or found a job as a uh, lab assistant for like 15 bucks an hour mm -hmm. so uh, I decided to uh, try nursing. I didn't really know anything about it, what nurses did. Uh, I was told that they just sit around and chart, and that was all. Uh, that's totally a lie. Uh, <laughs> one of the hardest jobs I've had to date. Uh, but, you know, it's also really rewarding, and I grew to love it as I was going through the program. But honestly, it was kind of like a uh, happy and then sometimes not so happy coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. I think but I know there were many times that you reached out to me and you asked me um, if if I should keep doing it right like from you and um, I know that many times I told you and it sounds so cliche but like 
like what is what do you think you need for yourself right so oh exactly no that's really cool and it's like that's the, the i think that we live in a time in a society that like people think that you have an identity like oh if i make this choice this is who i am and it's like no like flip that script like you are whoever you need to be when you wake up and need to be that person and it, you don't owe it to anyone else to maintain that so it's really cool that you were willing to be like okay I'm unsure of this and I'm going to do this. Like I have a buddy that became a nurse and now he's a doctor and he's going to be a surgeon now. Um, and, and part of that was like, he, he didn't know exactly what he wanted to do. He became a nurse. He loved it, but he also saw that there were some inadequacies that he wanted to try and fulfill for the clientele that he had. And, and he grew from there and, you know, and halfway through that, his wife quit her job and now she just fucking <laughs> makes weaving right? Like it's, it, we're allowed to become whatever yeah. we need to be. And, and I think that whether you're going into fitness industry or you're just trying to figure out what your career is, you're not your career. You're who you are to the people that you just talk to every day. Um, and how you want to portray yourself doesn't come with the letters behind your name. It, it, it's how you treat people. It's like a fucking Patch Adams <laughs> kind of deal. It, seriously. No, very, very, very true. Um, no. And like, you know, the, the biggest thing going back to that you know, very cheesy, very Canadian Wayne Gretzky quote is if you're really interested in the fitness industry or any industry, any career, try it. Yeah. Like if uh, you ca it requires a degree to get into right away, shadow somebody, see what they do and just, you know, try these different skills and you might find by accident something that you really love. I have a I have a 17 year old co-op student starting here in a couple of weeks as long as COVID goes the way it is and it's just like he's just interested in fitness and he might want to be a PT he might want to be a sports doctor he doesn't really know but the the most important thing is like if make sure you you align with someone who is inspired by what they do and their passion because sometimes that's the thing is you end up with beside people who they do it but they do it for the reasons that you know their why isn't in it anymore and it's important to recognize those things too so super cool super cool that you do that I appreciate. What both of you do, but I'm obviously, you know, in, in COVID times, uh, a lot of respect and, and thank you for what you do, uh, Tanner, because that's it, it's tough. It's tough. Well, thank you. I uh, I've I've done not much of anything hey. uh, as of yet for COVID, but uh, different the, worlds. Uh, I, I appreciate the sentiment. I don't care. Like if I end up in the hospital for any fucking reason, thanks for what you do, because I don't want to be there and you're there for me. So it's true. That is, uh, <laughs> most people, we, we don't want you there. You don't want to be there. It's, yeah. uh, so we, we, we have a mutual goal there to get you healthy and get you out the door. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was a great pleasure, uh, getting to talk to you. Uh, do you have any socials you'd like to shout out? Yeah. Like if you want to check out just Ian period McKay underscore on Instagram, they can do that or reflection studios on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, it's, uh, it's a world I'm getting into right now, like a small community. I'm pretty much just like say hi to people. Um, and it works. So it's, uh, it's something new, but you can check me out there and, uh, I'd really appreciate it. Cause I, I really am starting to try and put some content out that I think is going to kind of interrupt the space that I might not want to be part of, but it's important to put yourself out there and, and put some quality into it. So I'd appreciate anyone who wants to give a follow. All right. Exactly. But, uh, again, I, I think I speak for both of us when, uh, or how grateful we are for you coming on and we'll uh, try to get you on again for sure. Hey, I really appreciate it. And this has been uh, super fun. This is my first podcast. <laughs> so I, uh, I really appreciate it guys. And I, I admire what you're doing here and I'd love to come back on and, and discuss some things. Um, anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay. Hey, thanks guys. Thanks for listening guys. Bye-bye.